Well, over the past several weeks, uh, we've been talking about uh, telling the story of Jesus. And as a part of that, uh, telling the story of what God has done in our own lives. And, and actually, a couple of weeks ago, one of our students uh, talked about how God had shown up in her life. And uh, she was sharing the story. She actually shared it on Facebook, and then she was telling me about it. And I said, well... You know, would you want to share it with the church? Or I think actually she said, can I share it with the church? And uh, I said, yeah, that would be great. And so I'm going to invite Leah, Stet- uh, Leah Setzer to come up and, and just tell a little bit about what God has done in her life uh, through this church and then especially over the past couple of weeks. So would you welcome Leah this morning? Good morning. My name is Leah Setzer. Um, many of you may know me. I see some familiar faces. But my mom is Deidre Setzer, and my grandma is Nancy Bosserdet. So I've been going here for 17 years, um, my whole life. <laughs> uh, I have always felt welcomed here. Um, this is my second home. This church is my second home. I was raised here, and I felt so loved here, so it's my second home. Um, Many of you may not know, but I do suffer from depression, and I was diagnosed in 2021. Um, Shortly after I was diagnosed, I did unfortunately get Baker acted, and if you don't know what that means, that's the mental institution, but um, whenever I got diagnosed... I did not feel God's presence in my life anymore. Um, I felt like he wasn't here for me. I felt like he was gone. Um, But I talked to Pastor Denville and Sophia, Miss Marie's daughter, about my faith in God. And they told me that he will always love me and be there for me. I talked to Miss Barb. She's in there. I see her. And Miss Gwen and Pastor Shane and Mr. Mike and Amanda and, yeah, everybody. (laughs) Um, But... I talk to a lot of people about it, and they always tell me God's going to be here for me and love me. So after that, um, like three weeks ago, we had a guest speaker in our youth room, um, Mr. Vasily, and he told us a message about how God will always love you and be there for you, and it hit me hard because of my past. I didn't think God would be there for me ever again because of me having depression. And so as he was saying that, um, he looked at me and everybody else and asked for people who suffer from depression to raise their hand. I did. He told us that depression can be like a cage for birds. You could be trapped in a cage and people are poking at you and telling you that it's not real or you don't actually have it, it's just in your head. But whenever you get diagnosed with it, it's a real thing. So he told us that and he asked for the people who would raise their hand to stand up. And as I looked around, there was so many more people in the youth room than I thought would ever be there who would suffer through what I was suffering through. And I didn't really want to go up there, but Miss Gwen and my best friend Emma told me to go up, so I did, and I started crying. And whenever you say crying, you think of a little tear, no, I was sobbing my eyes out. <laughs> Prior to that, my mom came in like five minutes before, like it happened, and she came up to me and started hugging me and everything, and 
Mr. Vasily told us to go closer to them so him, so he could pray for everybody else who was around me and for me. After he prayed, I said amen, and I felt a light. I felt light. I felt pure. I felt amazing after. And um, he was finished, and after I felt a light, warm sensation on my shoulder, and I knew it was God telling me I am here because I needed it, and he knew I did. So he helped me with that. And then afterwards, we went and we sat down. We thought we could all talk, but then he asked a question. Who here severes from back pain, severe back pain? And I said, I rose my hand up because I do. I suffer from spondylosis and spondylolisthesis. And um, he asked for me to stand up, and I was hesitant again because he already helped me once. Why would he want to help me again? So I thought of that. And I went up there with Mr. Vasily, and he was talking, and I was like, how does this man even know me? He doesn't know me. He doesn't know my story. He doesn't even know me. He came in an hour or two before, and so as he was doing that, he was holding my hands, and then he said, I will make the pain go away. So he touched the top of my head, the bottom of my feet, and then he pressed his arm against my back, and he said, pain go away. I was speechless, and I didn't know what to do. I just started crying. And my pain in my back was gone. And um, it was completely gone. And I had constant back pain with it. And so I was speechless. And he asked what was wrong. And I couldn't speak. And then after a minute, I told him it's all gone. And then two days later, we go to my doctor, my chiropractor. And she's looking at the scans and everything. And she was adjusting my back, and then she looked up at me and my mom and said, it's not there anymore, your back is perfect. So, so I knew God was working in me, and I knew that he can perform these things that everybody says, because you only see them in movies and stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah, God's not finished with me, so... Amen. Well, Leah, I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time to to share that with us uh, because it's it is exciting when when God shows up in our lives and, and I love the way you put it. You know, God's not finished with you yet, but but He showed up and He's shown Himself to be faithful and to be good in your life and and I hope all the rest of us know that within our own lives as well. Uh, not only does He show up just to remind you that He's here and to help with with depression, but but I'm here for, for your physical problems as well. And so uh, we, we're grateful for you to share that. And we're grateful to God to do that work uh, in your life. And I know many other people have stories of how God has been a part of your life. And uh, we, so. You know, uh, hopefully over the, the coming weeks, months, uh, and years, we'll have more opportunities for people to tell stories of what God has done in their lives, to testify to his goodness. Yeah, I think the youth came in to, to be some moral support, so they're going to go back to their Sunday school class. Uh, they've, already, they've already sat through one service, but... 
<laughs> but uh, but that's that's also I think that's a testament to our group is just the way that they care for one another that they want to be there to support each other. Uh, I had Leah share at each of the services, and there were uh, a couple of youth kids here at eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning, which most of them would probably rather be asleep, but they came to be here to to help encourage her as she's sharing what God has done in her life. Uh, but it's it's such a great thing, and I and I hope that you have that sense of encouragement. You know that that God is is here. Uh, not just for her, but he's, he's here for you as well. Uh, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, that uh, he is, he's present, uh, that he sees you, uh, that he knows you, uh, that he loves, that he cares for you. Uh, and then just in the same way that Leah has a story to tell of how God has showed up in her life, each of us have a story to tell as well. And so that's uh, really what we've been talking about over the past few weeks, a couple weeks left in this series, is, is how do we tell uh, the story of Jesus? How do we share uh, what God has done for us with other people in a way that invites and encourages them uh, to know him? And so we've talked about six particular practices, or we've been talking about six practices that help us to be a people who tell the story well. And so I'm just going to kind of recap those practices and then we'll talk a little bit more about them. The first of those practices is to repeat the story. Uh, repeating the story means, one, we're, we're telling of what God has done for us and we're telling it again and again and again for ourselves uh, as well as for others. Uh, hopefully that story that Leah shared will be a story that, that she reminds herself of in years to come. Whenever she's going through a difficult time, she can look back and she can tell herself, remind herself, you know what? God is here because he told me that he is and I believe it and I know it because he's proven himself. And so uh, we, we repeat the story. We, we tell ourselves and we tell others over and over what God has done for us. The early Methodist movement was marked by hearing and sharing and telling the story of God over and over and over. Uh, the second step is to ed- educate ourselves to the biblical message. Uh, that's a part of the story that we want to know and we want to be able to tell well also. Uh, to be able to be reminded of God who made us all, who loves and cares for us deeply, of Jesus Christ who gave his life for us, who died on the cross for our sins, for the sins of many. To be able to tell the stories of how Jesus uh, healed people, to, to know the stories of the early church that we read in the New Testament, uh, about how the Holy Spirit moved and worked in people's lives and how that move of God that we see in Jesus is still at work even today. So we educate ourselves to the biblical message. We know it well so that it flows out of us. Uh, The third practice is to verify uh, the truth of the gospel with our lives, that our lives tell the story of God's truth, of God's love, uh, that, that it enhances and it builds up, that it has a way of sharing the good news itself because we look like we've been transformed by God's grace. Uh, the next practice uh, is to explain your story, right? To, to know what God has done for you and to be able to tell it to somebody else. And it could be a story of, you know, God healed you, God showed up and spoke to you, or it could be uh, a story of, I was born in the church and I've been in the church my whole life and God has always been faithful. I've just known that God was always there. Uh, kind of as Jesus has said, blessed are those who believe because they've seen, but blessed are those who believe who have not seen, who, who, who haven't heard, haven't had that experience, but you just know by faith that God has been with you and you've seen his provision over the years. But to be able to tell your story, how God has been a part of your life. The fifth practice is to attend to the Holy Spirit, to listen as the Holy Spirit gives us guidance. There's a couple of spots in Leah's story where, where she could have said no when the Holy Spirit was nudging her to take a step. 
you know, the, the guest speaker, you know, said, does anybody struggle with depression? Raise your hand. She raised her hand. Then he said, how about you come forward? How about you stand up and then come forward? She could have said no. She could have said, no, this is, this is a little bit awkward now. I'm not going to make that step. But instead, she decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a step of faith and trust that God is going to meet me there. And he, and he did. And so we have similar moments in our lives like that, where we listen to the Holy Spirit's calling, the Holy Spirit's nudging, and we take that step of faith and we enter into the adventure that God is calling us on. Uh, and then the sixth practice is to listen well to others. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but, but we're listening so that we uh, can care for, that we can comfort, that we can strengthen, so that we can encourage. Listening for opportunities where we might be able to share what God has done for us. Or perhaps it's even listening for an opportunity where somebody says, you know, I've got this difficulty in my life. And maybe our response can just simply be, well, can I pray for you? And then we pray with them in the moment, and maybe that opens up an opportunity to share more, or maybe it doesn't, but we're listening for those moments where where God is, is moving and working and providing the space for us to be a part of his good work in the world around us. And so these are the six practices we've been focusing on so that we can grow in our ways of being a people who tell the story of Jesus well. And uh, this morning we're going to focus on that fifth practice uh, of attending to the Holy Spirit's nudge, the Holy Spirit's prodding, the Holy Spirit's leading us. And there's a few times when Jesus is talking with his disciples where he tells them that the Holy Spirit will be a guide for you. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you everything. And remind you of all that I have said to you. Jesus is telling the disciples, he's telling us that the part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of what Jesus has taught us. The the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus. And so that becomes a part of what the Spirit does in our lives as well. He reminds us of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. The Holy Spirit uh, empowers us, enables us to live like Jesus lived, enables us, empowers us to talk like Jesus talked, to speak as he did. And so that's the Spirit's work within us to, to bring to our attention opportunities where we can share how Jesus has been a part of our lives, where we can testify to who Jesus is. And then Jesus uh, tells the disciples in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And, And what Jesus is saying is that when the Holy Spirit is active and working in your life, that the outflow of that, the output of that is that you become a witness I like to think that it's probably not necessarily even our having to try very hard, but when I'm walking in tune with the Spirit, I'm just naturally being transformed into somebody who witnesses and testifies to who Jesus is. If that's part of the work of the Spirit to testify to Jesus, when I'm walking in tune with the Spirit, my life, my words, my actions testify to who Jesus is. And and I really love this image, at least the image that I have in my own mind of what it means to walk in tune, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because I kind of think of, you know, the old uh, radios, and maybe they're not that old for some of you, but they're old for me. Um, Before we had the digital radio and you had to turn the dial to find the radio station, if you're looking for a particular station, you'd have to turn and turn and turn. Uh, And if you didn't have it just right... 
in just the right spot, if you weren't tuned in just to the exact right station, your signal would be a, a little bit staticky, right? Uh, there'd be all the kind of static around it. If I was looking for 88.1 and I had 88.15 or 88.2 on my dial as I'm turning in, as I'm tuning in, it's going to be staticky. Or if I'm far enough off, Right, then I hear a different station altogether. There's a different sound, a different voice that's speaking to me. But whenever I can tune in just right, when I can turn the dial just right, I get that clear signal coming in. And I think that's a little bit about like what it is to, to tune or to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, that, that my dial is turned to the right station. I'm not a little bit off this way or this way, and so my signal isn't staticky or I'm not picking up interference from other voices and other stations, but I'm tuned in perfectly to Him. And what we see in Scripture is that there are ways that we tune in to the Holy Spirit. Jesus uh, models this for us. I know a lot of times when we look at the gospels, what stands out in the gospel messages is, you know, Jesus goes over here and he teaches people and he's got some great instructions for us, or he tells a parable here, or he heals a person here. Uh, But in between all of these teachings and all of the healings, all the other things that he's doing, Jesus has a life that is built on prayer. Uh, In Luke chapter four, verse 42, it says at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. In Luke 5, 16, it says Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In Luke 6, 12, it says one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. And I just think that's an, uh, an incredible thing, that he spent the whole night praying to God. I don't know if you've engaged in something like that. I know the Portuguese-speaking church that meets here on Sunday evenings, they'll have a night of prayer from time to time where they'll meet and pray for the whole night. And I think the next time they do, I'm going to invite us to join with them because I think it would just be an awesome opportunity to, to be in and to encounter and to know God's presence. But, but we see Jesus uh, went out on a mountainside and spent a night praying to God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 18, it says, Once when Jesus was praying in private, his disciples were with him, and he asked them some questions. And then in Luke 9, 28, it says, He took Peter and John and James with him, and he went up on a mountain to pray. In Luke 11, 1, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And then in Luke 22, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, uh, and his disciples followed him. And when they got there, he began to pray. He told them, pray so that you don't fall into temptation. Uh, But it says that it was his usual practice to go out to the Mount of Olives. This wasn't a unique occasion. It was something that he usually did. He would go oftentimes out to pray. This was a part of his life. A part of what he did on a regular, ongoing basis was to go and spend time in prayer. And I think that's such an important thing for us. It's the beginning of our being able to attend to the Holy Spirit, to listen for the Holy Spirit's voice, is to develop that kind of relationship where we can hear his voice. If you think of anybody's voice that you know well, the voice that, you know, you could be on the other side of the room and you hear them speak and you just know immediately who it is. You turn your head and there they are because you've recognized their voice. It's somebody that you've developed a close relationship with somebody that you've spent a lot of time talking to uh, a lot of time that you've spent listening to them. And so you recognize and you know their voice. That's the kind of relationship that we're invited to enter into with God, with, with the Holy spirit. 
to dedicate and to spend that time praying and listening. And it doesn't mean that every day, whenever you pray and you carve out some space to listen, that you're necessarily going to hear a voice. But it does train you. It teaches you to become somebody who is listening. And so that you are ready whenever you do hear that voice or when you feel that, that nudge upon your heart, upon your soul, to take that next step. I mean, prayer becomes that foundation for us. And then really after that, it's just when you feel that nudge in your spirit, uh, when you feel that, that sense of, you know, maybe you should go over here. Or, or maybe you should talk to this person. Uh, maybe you should call this person. Maybe you, you should do this, whatever it is. You say, you know what? That might be God. I, I'm going to take a step and, and figure out this adventure. I'm going to take a step and see if maybe it's God that's there. And I'm going to trust that whether this was God saying to go or whether it was just, you know, I ate the wrong thing for dinner last night, uh, that God is going to be present with me because I'm stepping out in faith. And when we do, God shows up in great and in marvelous ways. There's a story in Acts chapter 8. Uh, it's uh, the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, Philip uh, had just finished sharing with people, uh, about a thousand people in this kind of revival type moment. He had preached and they had, uh, a thousand people had come to accept Jesus as their savior. They were baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next thing that we read about Philip is uh, an angel coming to him and says, Hey, Philip, go down uh, out to that road uh, in, the south, uh, in the south area that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. Right? And, and I kind of read it, it's like, go out here in the middle of nowhere. There's this road that's going to take you from Jerusalem to Gaza and just go out there. He doesn't know what the next step is going to be. He doesn't know why he's going to this road. He just has this, this message from God telling him to go. So he says, all right, I'm going to go on an adventure today. And he begins to walk in this direction that God has told him to go and walk. And while he's walking out that way, along comes an Ethiopian eunuch riding in a chariot. And the spirit nudges him and says, hey, run up to that chariot. Now, if you think about it, this is really kind of an odd thing to do, to run up behind a chariot, right? If there's somebody who's walking down the street and you just walk up right behind them, they're going to think you're a creeper or something. They're, they're going to be a little bit guarded. Why is this person walking up behind me? Why are they just walking beside of me? What's going on? And so I know it had to be something that was awkward. I would have felt awkward if I was Philip. But Philip says, you know what? This is the spirit who's nudging me to do this. I'm just going to do it. And as he draws close to the chariot, he hears the Ethiopian eunuch reading from the book of Isaiah. And so Philip, I mean, he, he knows the story of God. Uh, he knows the way that God has been at work in his life. And so he asks the Ethiopian eunuch, as I guess as he's running alongside the chariot, he says, you know, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the chariot stops. And the Ethiopian eunuch is like, no, I'm not sure. Can you help me? He invites him in, and so they begin to read in the book of Isaiah together, and Philip begins to share with them and tell them how what you're reading here about this, this sheep that was led to slaughter, that this is talking about Jesus, and how he laid down his life for us, how, how because of his death, because of his resurrection, we've been offered forgiveness for our sins. And the Ethiopian eunuch says yes to Jesus. He's baptized, and then he heads on his way, 
And, and I don't know the exactness of the church history that follows this, but, but I like to think that as he goes to Ethiopia, that he begins to be one of those first witnesses that brings the good news of Jesus there. And Ethiopia is one of those countries that has the longest history of being a Christian country in the world around us, even to this day. I like to think that it started back there with this Ethiopian eunuch as Philip gave witness to what God had done and he shared that with him. But it all began with him hearing this message from God to go out into this road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he took that step, trusting that God was going to be with him and that God was going to meet him there. And he didn't know where the next step was going to be, but he figured that God would tell him when he got there. And then when he did, you know, the spirit says, hey, take the next step. Go over here where this chariot is. So he said, okay, I'm going to follow you into this place, God. And then he follows him into that place and the opportunity arises and he's ready to share the good news of what Jesus has done. And I think in our own lives, it's, it's that same way as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to go and walk behind people until you overhear their conversations. So that might be a little bit creepy. But if, but if you feel a sense in your spirit, a nudging uh, from the spirit, uh, something that, that God is telling you to, to show up, to be here, to, to move, to act, to call, to speak, uh, whatever it might be. And you have a thought and says, you know what, this might be God. To take that step of faith. Because again, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't God, God's going to go with you. If you're taking that step of faith for him, he's going to be present. He will surround you with himself. He will go with you there. And there might be that opportunity that he's inviting you to share in the good work that he wants to do. That opportunity to share in the good things that he wants to do in somebody else's life, the good things that he wants to do in the world around you. And so this week, what I would invite you to do is to rededicate yourself to prayer. I know some people already have their prayer time set up. If you don't have a prayer time set up, to to just set aside that time to pray. We have a prayer model that we follow here that we encourage people to follow, to praise, repent, ask and yield. And we could talk more about that if you need some encouragement in that. But to set aside that time, to talk to God, to listen, to develop that sense of connection. And then if, if you hear something, if you feel something that's leading you, just to take that step of faith, just to try it out and to see what happens. And I'd love to hear the stories of, of how God shows up when you do. Let me pray for you. Gracious God, I give you thanks uh, for each person who's here and for the wonderful testimonies and stories that I know each of them have, the ways in which you have been a part of their life, the ways that you have preserved them and watched over them, the ways that you've been a strength and, and a power and a presence for them. I pray that they would continue to be reminded that you are here with them, that you walk each step of life alongside of them, and that you love them with an unconditional, never-ending kind of love. I pray that uh, each of us might grow in the ways in which we are able to hear and know and follow your voice. Give us the kind of courage that that will take that step of faith, even when we're unsure of where it leads, trusting that you walk with us there, trusting that you will meet us there as we follow your will, as we follow your voice. Lead us and call us out into deeper waters, into deeper places as we seek after you. Help us, empower us to do the good that you're inviting us to do in the world around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.